Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. I wish I could shake my belly like a bowl full of jelly, but my depression just won't let me. Welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and for the last episode this season, I decided to socially pressure CEO of Playtime and my boss, Pup Amore, into joining me. With this being our last episode, I thought it'd be fun to have the man behind the man behind The Big Top on and turn to the community to send any questions they had for us our way. As always, if you get the chance to rate and review this podcast, you'd be doing me a massive favour, and with enough support, we just might be back for a second season. Today the circus is in Barcelona, Spain, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. I'm excited. I, it's funny because like, I give you and Newsy such freedom with like the way that you guys do these. I, I like it to be like you and all, all you. And so it feels a little, I feel like I'm in the hot seat. Like You like are. I'm... Oh, you are. And we're going to get, we're going to get some truths, <laughs> some hard truths. We're going to get truth. to the bottom. Yeah, exactly. The truth. This is oh when, this is when you find out what the podcast is actually like and you're like, oh, fuck. What, have <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yeah, what have I given birth to? Oh, did you do your homework? Oh, I had to think of something I'm really excited about, right? I'm really looking forward yeah. to. I do. Yeah. I have one. I okay, great. I'll make. I'll test you at the end. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> no, I'm actually terrified, but I'm excited. Good. I good. We've we've. I've got you right where I want you. <laughs> so welcome to the big top. Hi, the man behind the man behind the big top. Papa Moore. Hello, hello. It is I, the Papa Love, Papa Moore. With a U. With a U. Yes. Because, because we're international. Exactly. We're, we, we support all people here, okay? Wait, <laughs> wait isn't it, isn't it it's, always with a U? No, it's a, a more, like a more in, I think in English you spell it A-M-O-R. Oh, it's in the, Spanish. Oh, in Spanish. Oh, in Spanish, yeah. Spanish. Speaking of Spanish, I'm reporting from Spain, so it's... Well, I'm glad you're having fun in the sun while the rest of us are, you know, at home working hard and it's freezing. Um, (laughs) I mean, you're the one who decided to live in the UK, not me. Yeah, that is true. I don't know why I've done this to myself. Mm -hmm. You have no one to blame but yourself. Do you know what? We actually just had, like, the craziest snow. Like, the craziest snow. And it's settled and everything. And it's like, crunchy, crunchy, dry, dry. This doesn't happen here. And I'm thinking... I'm so close to a white Christmas. We haven't had a white Christmas. I looked this up since 1999. Are you and serious? I'm, yeah. Yeah, because it's just rains. I don't know why that. I, well, yeah, I guess it does rain more. But I don't like, know why. It, just like, it snows, but like never yeah. on Christmas. And it, it, it doesn't always. stay. It like melts. It never stays. It. No, no, no. Yeah. Like you've got it for 24 hours and then it rains and then it becomes just mush and it's horrible. And so I'm doing the most adult thing I've ever done and hosting Christmas this year. My <gasps> family's coming. Yeah. So I'm like, we have a white Christmas, and of course, this morning it's all fucking gone. It's oh, now it's just been raining I, all day. I hope you get it. I I'm originally from Ohio, and in Ohio, it's very much like Britain, but worse. It gets to ninety degrees in the summer, and then like five degrees. Oh, Fahrenheit, by the way, uh, ninety degrees Fahrenheit in the summer, but then like five degrees Fahrenheit in in the winter, and so we get white Christmases all the time. Got it. Oh, see, that's the thing. Like here, it's just it's just wet. And I know, which is why I'm not interested. I no. People ask me if I ever would ever live in London or live in Britain. I'm like, I'll visit, but no, no not for me. No, and <laughs> I'm like a warm weather person. Oh it's like God, I've decided suffering. to make myself unhappy. 
Is this your kink? Is this your kink? Putting this is my really, really bad weather. The majority of the year, I just like being pummeled by the depressive fist that is <laughs> bad weather. Not fist. honestly, and like it's the darkness. It's the darkness. Like, yeah, it's just dark. That's actually like, one of the dark. things I. When I moved to San Francisco, that was actually the one thing that I noticed was a huge, like, boost to my mental health was it's always sunny. And I lived in East Bay when I first moved there. And so it was always sunny. And it was always a nice day. And even on the days it would rain, it was like the few times it rained. It's, I can count on one hand how many times I've moved there. You have there. fog. But, well, in San Francisco proper, there's fog. But in the out the uh, East Bay, which is across the uh, water, it doesn't, it doesn't fog like that. It's only in San Francisco proper that that happens. But you still have hills. We do have a lot of hills. It, it, it Don't move to San Francisco if you don't like walking and you don't like getting really fat calves. Because you will literally, like, the hills are, they make it seem like the hills are like, oh, it's kind of hilly. No, it is uphill both ways to school. You want to die. Some of the streets have stairs because of how steep the hill is. Like yeah, concrete it's, stairs. It's yeah, it's, it's crazy. The hills are crazy. The hills are alive with the sound of people in pain in going pain, up and down them. In pain and spreading rainbow love everywhere. You sound quite good. Like, you sound... Thank you. I, um, you, I, you I heavily medicated? I literally chugged as much, like, Dayquil as I could. I've been drinking water. Um, this morning, I felt like death. And so I literally did not leave bed. When I say that I have been in the bed for 25 hours straight, I mean, quite literally, this is the first time I've gotten out of the bed. I went downstairs to get the Wi-Fi password, sat down, and got on my computer. So I think that that helped. Um, I'm so sorry I made you do this on death's door. No, no. You could have done it last night, but nah. <laughs> I will. So so what had happened, for the listeners, for the listeners, I'm on my honeymoon. And uh, we were in. Happy honeymoon, by the way. Is that what people I, say? I think that's what they say. I don't know. I don't know. Gay people only got the right to have one like a few years ago, so I think we're still figuring it out. Um, <laughs> we uh, we started in Venezia, Venice, and then um, we're now in Barcelona, and then we're finishing in Rome. And both my husband and I have come down with the flu right at the last day. Well, he got the flu right on the last day of Venice. I got it right as we were got here to Spain. So yesterday, I, st- I was feeling scratchy, and I knew it was coming, and I was like, fuck, here it is. And so this morning, I woke up, and it felt like I had been hit by a two-ton truck. So, yeah. But I do feel better now than I did this morning. So hopefully maybe by tomorrow I'll be somewhat coherent. I'll pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Well, I'm really hoping it's not what I had because that is yeah. going around, which I think was actually just the flu. I think I'm going to start looking into this whole flu jab thing because that's... Have you never gotten a flu shot? Never, because we don't really do... Uh, I was going to say we don't really do that here. As in, like, they don't put that on the NHS. Oh, so, God, so you have to, like, pay for it? Would have to pay for it. But I think it's only, like, 10 quid, so... I would say do it. I've gotten it. I mean, in America, it's, like, a it's a regular thing. Um, yeah. I would do it. it. Every time, every year that I've gotten the flu shot, I've maybe gotten a small... And I've gotten sick maybe once, and when I do, it's, like, super short. Yeah. So it's, it's I, every year I get something nasty, and I, I've just been on my back for two weeks. This thing Aren't was, you always on your back? Listen, <laughs> you walked right into that. You walked right into that. Are you kidding me? You, I invite you on my podcast and you, you belittle and bully me in this way. Oh, don't, fuck, don't. that was so easy. How did I? Don't, don't bully me. I'll come. <laughs> That's oh the episode God. title right there. Oh, my God. Please. Can we? I know. Oh, of I, course. <laughs> That's the episode title. I mean, I was going to do... I do love getting bullied, so it is very fitting. I'm a huge, huge humiliation kink. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, that's where all my things come from, so... Yeah, dope. I actually... Okay, yeah, I approve this. Actually, you know what? I'm ordering you as your boss. Oh, okay. Well, now I have to, right? Now you have to, yeah. I was going to do something clever. I was going to quote, you know, Charge of the Light Brigade, but... (laughs) Into the Valley of Kink we go, but no. Now it's just going to be... Don't believe me. I'll come. (laughs) Um, so I'm here, Barney. So you have been into your first season. First season. Did you did you imagine you? Would, I'm 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 reversing it. I'm taking charge of the interview. Did oh. you <laughs> expect to be here when you started? Uh, at 20 episodes, no. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Like, yeah, I thought we would finish, but yeah, that, <laughs> like that. I think that would have been weird if I didn't. But 
yeah, 20 episodes, I, I thought that was... Well, I didn't intend to just kind of keep going forever. I was like, I don't know, this is sort of an experiment. Let's just see yeah. how this goes. Let's say Well, it was funny we because or... I told you repeatedly before you did this, I was like, Marty, you really are perfect for podcasting. Like, you're really, really, you have the perfect voice for it. You do a really great job. And lo and behold, you've been in the top 100 in the UK for like the past three weeks. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's been a even pretty in, wild even. Life. We never share this information publicly, so I'm spilling the tea, hunty. The hot tea. Hot, sipping. We're here for that hot sizzling tea. hot Hot tea. House the down the boots, mama. Whatever. Down my house boots, mama? <laughs> yes. No, um, you have been, you have consistently placed in the top, one well, knows, I think it's top 150 in the UK, top 60 in Costa Rica. Weirdly, you're in the top 50 in like, uh, it's like the Czech Republic, I think it is. Like you're like Fuck really yeah. high there. Um, you've charted in the Philippines, you've charted in Australia, and we've officially passed, I believe, 50,000 downloads, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure we passed that a while ago. <sighs> so I guess I'll have to come back for another season. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. You, the, the the people demand it. In fact, actually, I think I saw on Twitter people were like, "Wait, is this the end?" And they were like, "No, please come back." <laughs> Gotta leave them wanting more. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. We are now officially renewed for a second season. <laughs> this is how this is how I managed to get one. I sort of Shanghai you into an episode, and then mm. you'd feel terrible if you if you if I if I said no. Yeah, that's that's true. If I you came on guilt. here to let me know that this was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would be like. I, I, that would put me on, like, Elon Musk level as a CEO, Ooh. I feel like. To come on your podcast and tell you that you're canceled. Yeah. That would be... But, that would I be mean, there much, was so much uh, power that comes with that. There is, but you know what it is, though? For me, every CEO gets off slightly at the power that they hold. I'm telling you. But it's how. For me, it's watching everybody succeed. Like, when you guys succeed, I'm like, mm, yes! Like, that's like... That's you know, so like. Big. For for Casey Strom, I'm pretty sure like whenever he sees people using his diapers, he's like, "Yes, use those diapers I made." Like, you know what I mean? So it's like it's different for everyone. For me, it's 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 watching my team thrive and turn into amazing people. So, yeah. oh, okay. What started playtime? Let's let's like yeah, all the, way, okay. all the way back to the beginning. How how did this even? What what is playtime? <laughs> what do you hope it can be? <laughs> well. Playtime is a community-led media brand meant for kinksters, fetishists, and kinkster lifestylers, specifically ABDLs, pub players, and general kinksters in both gay, queer, and straight ecosystem. That was a very, very long version. Our actual you did like, that without system. without even looking. You uh, memorized your own good job. Yeah, um, good job. <laughs> But uh, but in, in in all seriousness, though, um, the idea for Playtime just came about. Uh, so COVID happened. Obviously. Sure did. Um, and I was a sex worker and a makeup artist at the time. So basically I lost both my jobs at the same time. Um, cause I'm HIV positive. So I couldn't like go see clients. It wasn't, I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Mac furloughed and then laid off all of their workers by April. And so at that time I had an older business where I had done some apparel and stuff, but unfortunately it just didn't work out. And so I was like, you know, like I really want to create a brand that is more around like my aesthetic, which if anyone's ever seen the way I dress, I like to, my, my catchphrase is that uh, you can never miss me because I'm the black guy who dresses like a toddler. And it's true. It's true. Um, there, I yeah, love bright colors. a Crayola aesthetic. <laughs> yes, that is. Oh my God. I'm so, that's going to be my new Twitter bio, Crayola aesthetic. Um, yeah, no, I, I just have always wanted to make a brand that kind of represented me. And also at the time, what really, what's so funny, the real reason that it came to me, I had thought about this for a very long time. But the reason why I pulled the trigger and did it was actually because of Taika Bulls. So, oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. So Taika Bulls in 2019 had released a line of polos, hoodies, and uh, sweatshirt onesies. And they were plain colored. They were like black and red and blue. And at Mac, you're required to wear all black. You can't wear any other colors except for silver and gold. Like you can like wear like silver hardware and gold hardware. Um, right. Okay. And so I had been searching far and wide for a onesie that I could wear to work because I really like to be padded at work. It gives me a little bit of a thrill to pee myself while I'm like doing someone's makeup. And so um, they had a black polo onesie. Now I'm broke. I, at the time I was making like $200 a week. Like I, I, I was not making a lot of money. And so spending $70 on a onesie was a lot of money for me. Mm -hmm, yeah. So I saved and I saved and I saved. And um, I finally was ready to buy one. Um, this was like, I want to say late 2019, early 2020. I go to their website and it's sold out. And I'm like, okay. So I wait a few weeks, 
go and check. Still sold out. But they're promoting their new printed ones. Like they had done their diaper prints as onesies and they're promoting those. And so finally I was like, what is going on? So I tweeted them and I said, hey, I really wanted to buy buy a black uh, polo onesie. When are they coming back? And they said, they're not. They they were discontinued. Couldn't get them. And so in the ultimate uh, moment of rebellion, I said, well, fuck it. I'll do it my damn self. And I built Playtime. We did actually try to make a, a line of polo onesies, um, but because we have we can't buy the same bulk that Onesies Down Under does, there was no way we could match them on price. Um, and so it was just impossible to get people to pay what we needed them to to get them produced. Yeah. Um, so we weren't able to do it. But I still have the samples, and I love them. Um, I wear them all the time, and uh, yeah. So that, that was that was a true reason I started playtime with spite, <laughs> <laughs> pure unadulterated spite. Spite. It's a very powerful motivator. That is cool, though. Like making what you want to see in the world, I think, is kind of what all of us came here to do and came together to do. So absolutely, that, that tracks. That tracks. Okay, when then did you kind of realize that kink was? so important to you that you wanted to create this like, company for other kinksters? Um, well, so like everyone else, I was uh, really affected by the Tumblr purge. Um, for anyone who maybe is not familiar with that, Tumblr was like the safe haven for kinksters, sex workers, and creators um, for a very mm-hmm. long time. And then when they were purchased by Yahoo, uh, they banned all not safe work content. And it happened like overnight. And so there was no warning. There was no preparation, and so everyone tried to migrate to Twitter, but, like, entire friendships, groups, yeah. like, it, the community was just basically completely splintered. Um, and it's never truly recovered from that, um, I will say. Yeah, and, and it's, it's happening again, so... It is happening again, and so I was like, okay, well, if somebody has to put a line in the sand and say, this is a space for you, meant for you, meant for you to enjoy yourself, express yourself, and we are not going to censor you, like, come as your mm. full self. And so, yeah, that was kind of what Playtime became. And so while we, so our first year was really focused on our clothing. Um, that was really what, where we went. Um, but it was very hard to scale a e-commerce apparel brand in the middle of COVID. Um, yeah. We had constant delays, constant shipping issues, pricing was insane. And also just, and it's just as true, is that ABDLs in particular do not spend money on anything but diapers. Diapers and onesies. If it does not relate to diapers, they're typically not that interested. It doesn't matter how beautiful the clothes are. They'll go on and on about how they want solid colors and they want all these prints. But when it comes time to actually buy, they just don't follow through. And it's not just us that has observed this. This is why pretty much every uh, company in the ABDL space has either just pivoted straight to diapers or will not introduce or does very limited apparel. It's because mm-hmm. they just don't buy them. And so when we started moving into the pup play space, we noticed that they were you know, really eager for something in that area. But what we found was that it was mostly they just wanted content. Like they wanted things to read, things to watch, things to enjoy that was focused on them. And so we started with Newsy Snook. Um, and doing that podcast, which has now run for a hundred, a hundred episodes now we're, we're coming up on. I think we're just past it's like 70. We're getting close. 71. Yeah. 71. So yeah, we're getting close. So we started doing that. And then um, obviously we did the big top, which has been amazing. It's been so lovely seeing you just fucking kill it. Um, we did our Discord server. <laughs> it's true. Everybody, you can't see me, but I'm actually in a cage. Um, yeah. just holding, just holding a knife to my, to my throat. Um, no, I, um, and then we did the discord server, the playground, which we mm. ended up shutting down, um, for reasons that I might be able to share here if we want to, but, Let's do it. okay, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, we built a discord server, we like age gated it and everything and, you know, created a space for people to be able to share themselves, basically an internal social network, essentially inside discord. And, um, we just found that people loved it. They liked the idea of being able to connect with people like themselves People feel comfortable sharing their face when usually that's something that they like refuse to do online. And yeah, it's just it's really become this media brand that really is just about creating a safe space for kinksters. So that way they have a, a company that understands them, that creates content for them and is actually interested in, in providing the kind of environment that they've always wanted. Do you think someone will make a like not safe for work Twitter alternative at some like i'm i keep talking about this because i'm like why has someone not done this and obviously that is there's so many reasons and like it's way more complicated than i even understand but do you think someone is is gonna eventually do something like that something that is publicly owned something that people can just use to connect with one another because that seems to be the most crucial thing that we all need and 
Well, it's there's a, so the, before I answer that question, um, there's something I need to explain when it comes to social media and the difference between that and the social network. Social media is a tool. It is a tool to broadcast your voice. It is not a tool to build connections. And that is a lie that's been sold to us for over a decade by Twitter, by Instagram. They sell this lie that come here and you'll connect with people like you and you'll make friends when that's not the case. When you have 50,000 followers, those are not your friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those are people who are interested in what you do. They might like what you produce, but they're not your friends. And while you can eventually make friends on social media, that is not its true purpose. Its, it's true purpose is to broadcast your voice, which it does exceptionally well. Social networks, however, those are where you build connections. And the distinction is, is that social media is about broadcasting your voice via some kind of media form, text, video, photo, what have you. Social networks are about building one-to-one -one connections with other people who have a shared interest like you. So forums, Discord, Telegram, those are social networks. Mm. You see where I'm going? Yeah. And so the issue that we have is, is that people want a social network, but they think that social media is the way to do it. And that's not mm. it. So they're never going to get what they want because they're using the wrong tool. Which brings me to something exciting. Playtime has been kind of working really hard and we've been working in the background on a lot of fun stuff. Um, and uh, this podcast will be the last one that we produce for the next month and a half. The company is going on a bit of a hiatus. We're going dark mode for a little bit until February for multiple reasons. But a big reason why is, is that we are soon going to be publishing a adult industry-focused social networking app. And so it goes into beta. It's actually in the middle of the approval process on the App Store right now. I literally was in Venice <laughs> finishing coding and submissions right before I got sick. The beta build on Google Play is actually ready for download. The Apple one just got approved this morning for the beta. So we're actually going to go ahead and share it um, with those who signed up to be part of the beta. And the idea is to finally create a social networking app that is built around Kingsters and for Kingsters. And so... You'll be able to read all of our articles that we produce. You can listen to The Big Top. You can listen to The Newsy Snook. You'll get notifications when new episodes drop. Um, we have a section in there where you can keep up to date with your favorite streamers. Um, so we have a whole list of Twitch streamers and artists, and you'll get notified like when they go live so you can interact with them. There is what we call the play section, which has any upcoming events. Uh, and the app actually has, if you give us permission for your location, it'll actually show you events that are coming up in your area. Um, and the big piece that we're testing is we've essentially built a social networking component that mirrors Twitter. And we've also created a second one that mirrors Instagram. And the reason I did that was because, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know what people want in terms of a feature set. You know, a lot of people love the back and forth conversational style of Twitter, but then other people really prefer the more like media focused idea of Instagram. And so the intention is to let people try both, see which one they like, and tell us what features that they really enjoy, and then hopefully go public with the app sometime in 2023. I am so excited about, <laughs> like, like the little that I've seen of it is it's cool, it's really cool. I, I mean, well, I'll tell you what, we'll include the beta sign-up link in the description for this episode so people can sign up if they want to try it out. I don't understand anything <laughs> about the <laughs> the other side of it, like. It, what was that? Oh, I'm sorry. I had a my uh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I thought no, it was an animal. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had some unhappy animal in your lap. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm I'm really excited. Well, to see it's what it's going to be interesting um, because obviously the biggest component that a lot of platforms get wrong is content moderation. I mean, I know a lot of people have been moving to Hive Social, but I've been telling everybody who will listen that please don't. It's run by two people. Yeah. With no, no moderation yeah. like setup whatsoever. The privacy policy is one of the most terrifying I've ever seen. But this is an example that people want something. They want anything. You know what I mean? Like, they're so desperate that they'll yeah. use whatever comes their way. And so... And I mean, even something like Mastodon, which has been around long enough that some people yeah. really swear by it. But everyone who's moved to there, every single person who's migrated has said it's really complicated. What's, it's really hard it's to It's really not. Them. Like, I I really <laughs> wish people would stop saying that. It really isn't. It's, it's okay, you know how with Discord, you have multiple servers and you just can join? It's literally yeah. the exact same thing. The reason why people say that it's difficult is because you don't just go to Mastodon's website and pick an instance. There's tons of instances. There's like 4,000 instances. So it's all about just picking one that you like creating an account and just starting to use it. But I think people get choice paralysis because they're like, well, I need to pick the right one. And it's like, well, with Mastodon, you can pick up and move 
to any instance and keep all of your followers, you keep all the people you're following, and you keep all your content. So it, it doesn't really matter. You can pick and try out multiple ones every other day if you wanted to. Um, but I think people miss that because they do a really poor job of explaining it. But yeah, you can follow anyone from any instance and people can follow you. But the thing that makes it unique is the instances are community run. So it's a team of admins and whoever on their moderation team they approve of, they're the ones hosting and running the instance, essentially. And so what makes it really unique and what we plan to do that's a little similar to this is that it encourages the community to moderate itself um, rather than being rolled right. into uh, Elon Musk character. And so that can go right. in positive ways, which Mastodon overall actually has very strongly well-moderated communities because of that model. Um, or it can go really badly. But the but the beauty of it is that if there's an instance that's spewing things that you don't want your people to see, you can block it, meaning that nobody on your instance can access right. it or see it. So it just gives control for the community into the community, into the hands of the community itself. And uh, Playtime plans to do a similar model where we want to bring in moderators from within the community. So that way it's not us deciding everything. It's It's a community effort. I, I spent like most of my life just away from social media, so I, I still get sucked into the whole chunk of it. Sometimes. Lately, I have taken a, an approach of trying to focus yeah. on life outside of it. Um, I think one of the things that is so easy to do and is you become convinced that the reality you see on Twitter is everyone else's shared reality and that everything that's happening on social media is also affecting the world. Twitter is only used by like a third of the adult U.S. population. It's not actually that big of a platform. It's actually pretty small when you look yeah. at it. And so it's like if you spend all of your time consuming that content, it starts to really affect you in negative ways because you become convinced that this is, you know, that everything's falling apart, that the world is, you know, and which it is to some extent. Yeah. But it's very easy to get suckered into that being your... Right. But it's so amplified. Like... If you go outside, most people are yes, quite reasonable. Yes, absolutely. But when people have the ability to amplify this one mm. thing and make it, makes it, it seem you know, the people who are looking for it can find it totally. And then that just, I've spent way too long, like getting really bogged down being like, wait, what the hell? People yeah. like this exists. And it's like, okay, well, first of all, I don't need to get on my soapbox to let yes. them know that, you know, this isn't an opinion. This isn't up yep. for debate. You know, this is people's lives. It's like, okay, actually, they're just someone screaming on the internet into the void. Into the void. Into the void. And it's not worth your time, energy, or anything. No, because my time is really precious, actually. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you travel. So you travel more than I do. That's saying something. I do, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't like staying in one place too much. <laughs> I mean, I think it's fair. You also are in, are in Europe. It's a lot easier to travel so to much different easier. places. Yeah. And like, if you live in the UK, you kind of need to leave a lot of the time to stay sane. Yeah. Y'all are, um, y'all are going through it right now. Y'all are going through it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh... it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's not though. <laughs> this is just the the final death, right? Like the, yeah, the, the empire declined and like yeah, nobody it's... knows how to live with you know, I think it's re it's going to be really fascinating, and this is it's similar to the U.S. Is like when you're fed tons of propaganda over and over and over, and you're not given an alternative point of view in order to actually be able to think critically about it. You know, it's so easy to become susceptible to that narrative and to yeah. And yes, there's personal responsibility in there. I you know, but like course, it's but such I, an old country, but it's like that comes with a lot of shit, and so yeah. yep. like. Well, yeah, and especially people today, I, I kind of don't really have sympathy for because it's just like the internet exists, like just yeah, it's a brain. Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Like, like, what are we holding on to? There's nothing that's so great. I, I mean, anyway, it's yeah. But then again, I also kind of have the benefit of a more international perspective, so I'm just looking for a way. Out. <laughs> Well, hopefully you're able to find a new home at some point. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm. I've never been particularly attached, but that's also kind of the beauty of like the modern world is we're very, very fortunate that we get to make these choices because we get to see more of the world than than anyone ever has before. And so, hundred percent. I I know one thing that's been really eye opening to me. Like I moved when we moved from Columbus, Ohio to San Francisco, California. I remember we had so many people from back home who were like, how did you do that? And I was like, we, we just did it. Like, yeah. like, I think, I think a lot, and I talk about this often is that 
people spend too much of their lives waiting for permission when the only person you need permission from is yourself. Totally. So it's and it's you, like obviously everyone's situation is different yes, and like obviously. especially for a lot of different parts of the world it's a lot harder to move around like physically but uh physically I mean like all, No, I get it. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, just doing it. Just doing it. Just I mean, do you it. will plan forever and, it. you, it, and it'll still never be the Dude, right time. Get, You'll never have all the money put it'll, together. It'll never, never be right. It'll, yeah. it'll never be the right time. And that's just how life is. There's always something happening. There's always something going on. If you are constantly waiting, then never, nothing will ever change. It's the same thing like uh, with entrepreneurship. Like, yeah. you know, the best time to start a business was yesterday. The second best time is today. Because, like, you'll figure it out. Like, you got to, at some point, you just yeah. got to pull the trigger. He's been all the time planning. Won't. And actually, that is not as terrifying a prospect. Because yeah. failure is literally just a lesson. It's it's yes. how you then succeed. So yes. you're, you're not going to just figure it all out right the first time. You're not going to have trials and tribulations. May as and well if you let it. failure st- stop you, you'll never get anywhere. I have built and ran and, and tried to run my own business six or seven different times. And it was only until playtime that I really finally found success. And then now with my other company, which is also doing very well. So it's like, if I gave up after the first time, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be on my honeymoon, you know, through Spain. I wouldn't have amazing employees like you. I wouldn't be able to, you know, travel around and meet incredible people from various corners of the world. I wouldn't be doing this crazy content creation stuff on TikTok. Like, I I would have been still sitting at home, you know, depressed and dealing with bipolar disorder in my little house in, in Columbus. And I wouldn't, I would be very unhappy. And right now, despite the fact that I'm very sick, there's a lot of various, various other stresses in my life. Like, I am happy. But none of that would have happened if I just sat on my ass and never did anything, you know? Hell yeah. Let's go to break because uh, I need to have a quick pee. And then uh, cool. we've got some questions. For Why aren't you padded, sir? Because I don't have, but I. Damn it! I forgot it's the boss. <laughs> wearing the uniform. <laughs> oh, really quick before we go to break, because uh, people have asked. Yes, we did used to have it in our contract that you were required to be padded while you were at work. <laughs> we did. It's no longer, but at one point in time, it was part of the work contract. <laughs> I reserve the right to. <laughs> abstain okay. from admitting whether or not I am padded, I'm, I'm just going to go into the other room to pee. <laughs> I'm bleeding the fit. Oh my god. I actually still have loads of diapers. Do you? Anyway, put a, we'll put a pin in that. Okay, okay. I just fell over like an absolute monkey. Like, I just went, whoa. <laughs> we just had to be authentic. Um, there was something I wanted to touch on, but I wanted oh. to quickly say that actually this has, it, through all of the trials and tribulations, just everything we were talking about, this has absolutely been the best job that I've ever had. And like a huge part of that has been, that th- this is the first company actually I think I've worked for where it really feels like it's our company. Like the people... Yes behind it are what make it happen and everyone is so I mean so amazing and so awesome but also like just the openness and I mean something like even as much as you know you've always been very uh upfront and vocal about things like your HIV status always been a huge advocate for everyone talking about their mental health and it's just when you start from a, a, a place of complete sort of like openness and honesty and transparency then mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of, I mean, you take the bad with the good, but you, that that is like how you cast the widest net to get the kind of people who actually want to, you know, create that. I agree. So. I agree. I, I've always said, I know, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm the best boss. I've made plenty of mistakes, right? Like I'm human. Um, and I try at least try my best and to own them and apologize for them when I do. And um, But that said, I part of the reason why I've tried to build a culture that I have at Playtime is that I think we all can imagine a time where we worked somewhere where you were clearly you didn't matter yeah like whether or not you showed up would have no effect on the business yep. whether or not you showed up no one would care you could be replaced tomorrow and you were treated as such and i never ever ever wanted to make an employee feel like they didn't matter now have i been su- successful in that 100 percent of the time no like i said i'm human and there's been times that i've really fucked up and had and had to deal with that you do often tell me that i don't matter but I'll wait for my <laughs> <laughs> only when you need to hear it. Um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I. But part of the reason why I've did this is because it is your company. It, it, it is because like 
playtime wouldn't be playtime without Barney. It wouldn't be playtime without Casey. It wouldn't be playtime without Austin. It wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Like it, it's all these various things and it's everyone collaboratively working together to achieve a better goal. You know, businesses of today, especially remote companies, are communities. They're professional communities. And so in my mind, it's like, this isn't an episode of severance. Like you need to bring all of you to the table because your perspectives, your background, your experiences, your points of view, all of those are what make you a valuable employee. And so it's essential that we have that kind of environment. And I do have to say, I think a large reason why things have gone so well, especially lately, is is Casey. I handed over the keys to basically the entire company um, a few months ago. And since then, Casey has just taken it to a level that I never could have done. I never would have imagined possible. Um, the man is genuinely a friend, but also genuinely the... I would... This sound, may sound bold, but I would argue that Casey is better, a better founder and a better representative of Playtime than, than I am. And I'm okay with that. He's a rock star. He's, he's but he's also so passionate. But like, he really, really, really cares, and that again makes all the difference in the world. And also, just I've I talk about it all the time. How like you know, it's so important to see people like you being themselves, doing you know the kinds of things that we're doing here, because it encourages other people to it, like you don't know it's okay until you see someone doing it. Oh, so, yes, yeah. I'm the only black founder of a large ABDL pup or kink company that I know of. Same. And, you know, at first I, the baby feel a little sad because I was like, you know, why can't there be more? But, you know, the way I look at it is, is that people don't think something is possible until they see someone like themselves doing it. You know, right. like one of the things I talk about often, and this isn't any shade uh, to him. I think he's a good person, but I've always been very annoyed and upset at ABU's lack of diversity. Yeah. It's, it's, it's stark. I mean, this is an international company and there's not a single person of color on your leadership team, in your advertisements who goes to your events. Like I've never, not once seen a single person, person who's not white represent ABU. And in their average, in their, in their, in their products, the first black or even like darker skinned model was when they re released their active diaper suits, which was only like two or three years ago. And they're a great company. Like that was not my point. It's just more so of like, when you see such a severe lack of representation, it makes it feel like it's all impossible, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And the way when you're saying like, why can't there be more? The way I see it is like, well, maybe now there can be because you're paving the way, essentially. Thank you. I, I like to look at it as I'm just creating opportunities and creating an environment that I wish I had. Like, it's really, it's really what it is. It's like, I just want to create the kind of space, work environment, company and media that I wish that I had when I was really discovering myself, mm. especially in kink, which can be such a wild ride of exploration. <laughs> when did that even all sort of start to blossom for you then? For like, Kink in general. Yeah, like kink in general. Because, I mean, we all have that thing, you know, yeah. like, wh whatever point it was, we all got to that point where we realized, oh, wait, actually, this is my life. I want to live it my way and stop being so embarrassed about this thing about myself. There were two moments for me. The first was when I discovered the internet, like truly, really discovered the internet. When I was younger, I was like nine or 10, I built my first computer. And this is really early. I was born in 92. So we're talking, you know, super early in the internet um, when basically there were no safeguards on anything. You could find anything you wanted, which you is... You could find clown porn. You could find... Nowadays you can't. That's a whole... Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, season two, that's going to be... Ah, that's going to be... That's going to be my rant. <laughs> <laughs> Where are the clowns? No, I mean, I and, and it was, and I grew up Jehovah's Witness, so, you know, I grew up in a cult. But anyway, I grew up, so I had very repressed, like, I knew nothing about sexual anything at all. And so through the internet is when I first discovered things that I liked. And this is, I didn't know what masturbation was. In fact, the way that I got off was, this is, I think this is why I like diapers. I would take toilet paper and, like, wrap my penis in it and then hold myself until I like couldn't wet anymore and then just like wet myself uncontrollably and that that felt amazing and so that was like me discovering my first kink really was like desperation and that was how yeah that's that was how like you masturbated that was how I masturbated okay because I've told my masturbation story which was like I just didn't know that there were other ways to do it and you know whatever <laughs> well and then I eventually I figured out well because like I saw media where they would make like the jerking motion yeah. and all that stuff but I never no one ever talked to me about sex and so I didn't understand what that was and so I eventually did figure that out and I was like oh this feels amazing um, yeah. but it explains why even to this day like piss and diapers and everything that is the number one thing for me like well beyond <sighs> sex it, it, that is it for me 
So that was that was the first moment. So diapers from the get go, but uh, like I'm yeah. I'm interested in like this complete lack of sex education because that seems irresponsible <laughs> that you've well, got no clue how any no no clue and you know my dad tried to have the birds and the bees conversation with me but he kept using euphemisms and metaphors so it didn't make any sense and <laughs> um you know and in america sex ed is something that parents can opt out of which again uh, what the fuck so yeah. you know i didn't so i didn't really discover like sex and like what it was and how it worked until really until I was around 16, 17 when I started, I first like actually started exploring with other people. But what really, the second moment for me was really kind of was the unlock of me finally saying, I'm going to live my life the way that I want to live my life and live it as authentically and as real as possible was, um, and this sounds depressing, but I'm, it, it really isn't now that I'm past it is um, my mother refused to go to my wedding. This was really frustrating because um, this. I originally we we got engaged in September of 2019, and we had planned to have our wedding in 2021. And I talked to her like three or four times after that over the following week, and not once did she mention the fact that her son had just gotten engaged. Like I just mm-hmm. got engaged, and she didn't mention it. She refused to talk about it. I finally brought it up, and she was like, "Well, you know how this is for me. It's very difficult." Eventually, we got to the point a few months later where I was like, you know, we're going to get we're having the wedding. And she's like, I don't think I can go. And I said, well, you're going or else I'm never talking to you again. I'm going to give you a year to decide what you want to do. And at the end of that year, you let me know what you've decided. So then that was in January of 2020. And so I was just playing that scene over and over and over and over again in my head. And I said, you know what? I need to know. And so I call her and I said, I need to know, are you going to my wedding? And so she starts to go into an explanation of, she's like, you know, RJ, I really struggled. And and I said, that's not what I'm here to talk about. Are you going to my wedding? And she said, see, this is the problem with you. No, I'm not going to your wedding. I've known that since the day that I, that you asked me about it. And I said, all right, then goodbye. And that was the last time I talked to my mother. I just couldn't imagine being so cruel as to give your child a year of hope, knowing that your opinion wouldn't change. And what I later found out for my sister was that my mom had decided she wasn't going to go, knew that I was serious and I would talk to her again. And so she knew, she knew that I was, I was never going to talk to her again. And so the way she explained it to my sister was she wanted to have one more year with her son before she never got to have the connection with him anymore. And I said, I will no longer live my life by anyone else's rules. I will never, ever again allow myself to feel like I need to fit a mold or be a person that I'm not in order to make someone else happy. I had put off all these ideas about playtime and I had been really secretive about my sex work and all this other stuff out of respect for my my parents. I didn't want to embarrass them. And I said, no more, Um, because I owed it to myself. I owed it to myself and I also owed it to other people who maybe were in similar situations. And so... From that day forward, I I really dedicated myself to that. And I think that's a big reason why I'm able to say that I'm happier than I ever have been in my entire life. I'm sorry, that made me gasp. I No, it's okay. I'm so sorry that happened to you. But also, yeah, that is such a positive that you... It is such a brave thing, really. Like, it sounds kind of horrible to say because that's... It's such a difficult thing to do, but it is genuinely so brave that you are able to look at it that way and take and take that as the positive that it is and say, no, this I'm my life is my own. It is my own. And, and you know, and, and at the time, was I was it terrible? Was it traumatic and horrible? Yes, obviously. Like it was it, it took months before I really fully recovered from the emotional emotional damage um <laughs> but it's just that, that it was that deliberate like i, I... it was that deliberate it was that deliberate it was like That's... you never it it was never there was never any hope and and what made it worse was like throughout the year she like dropped little hints that made it seem like things would go well like mm. it was just cruel and so yeah i just i know that there's a lot of people who live their life that way where they mm. they don't make decisions or they keep quiet or they don't express themselves because they're worried about how to reflect on the family or how to reflect on others. And the way I, the, this is my, the thing I tell people all the time is that the only person who gets to decide what's good for you is you, you, you are, you, you are the one who gets to determine the destiny and the fate of your future. And so the question really comes down to, do you want to live your life in a way that 
makes you feel fulfilled? Or do you want to live your life in a way that pleases other people but leaves you miserable? Mm. And in every case, I'm going to encourage people to take the take the form. Yeah, totally. Because if your parent is okay with the idea that you will never talk to them again. Right. And that sucks. But the the I think one of the greatest gifts out of that is, I mean, knowing yourself is, mm-hmm. is, is huge. Like that is something that so many people will never figure out throughout their lives. And what that gives you, the perspective that that gives you is huge. But what it also does is it allows you to find your people. It allows you to find people like you. It allows you to make those connections and build that found family, which can be just as strong and just as supportive. I 100% agree. I am, I, this is something that the queer community in general, I am thankful every day that I was not born straight. I would hate to be straight. To have to abide by all these heteronormative ideals yeah. of what it's like to be a man, especially as a black man, yeah. absolutely not. One of the unique things about the queer community is not it doesn't matter where you go. If you can find a queer space, you instantly feel at home. Mm. Straight people do not have that. Yeah, They just don't. They just don't. And they don't yeah. even know what that's like. Yep. And, and and when it comes to the found family, we had to, you know, yeah. when yep. the, you know, the genocide of LGBTQ people, which is commonly referred to as the AIDS epidemic in the United mm-hmm. States, wiped out an entire generation of queer elders. People lost loved ones. They lost their found fathers, their found mothers, their everything. And as a result of that, the queer community came became even more insular and in supporting each other, which then paid off when the vaccine rollout happened and then the monkeypox Queer community was yep. the highest vaccinated people and the fastest yep. in the United States because we were like, this isn't happening to us again. You're not doing yep. this to us again. And that was because we built we built this amazing supportive community with each other. Yeah, I think found family is is better than everything. Yeah, right. Like we you get to decide that for yourself. And it like, so what if someone else thinks it's weird? Like I was just thinking yesterday I was at a kennel club, which is a, a pop event here in the UK. And mm-hmm. you know, I just got over this illness and once and you know, was still feeling kind of tired and whatever. And I just wanted to be surrounded by my people. Yeah. And when I got there, we ended up just doing a big, like, puppy pile. Like, <laughs> we just had this big, like, nap, you know? like Yeah, no, it's amazing. And we were all just cuddling. And I was like, straight people don't get to do this. That, they that don't get to do this. Don't get to, like, just enjoy cuddling in a way that's, like just the the free abandon it's okay to want to to want this feeling it's okay to want to just feel supported it's okay to want i just went and did that and then came home you know like it was just Mm -hmm. one of the one of the things that is going to be really um i was i was on a podcast with the ceo of meetup meetup meetup.com and um incredible man incredible guy and he has been talking often about the epidemic of loneliness it's affecting our, our country and the world really and where you have a lot of mostly straight white men um, but just men in general who are not able to express their feelings, who are told to suck it up, yep. who have no support for mental health. Yep. Like imagine going your whole life and never being able to cry, never being able to express oh your emotions, gosh, yeah. never being able to be intimate with someone. And most of us like relate to this. So that's the thing. Like yes. most of us have yeah. had at least one of these hangups where yes. we've been too afraid to show emotion in front of someone or we like don't know how to express it with either our words or our bodies or have felt that we needed to have some kind of facade for the sake mm-hmm. of others. It is at such a core of most human society. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's yeah. so yeah. rotten. It is. So I went to the socials and uh got some got some questions from some people okay and so some people sent some things in so there's only like a small handful of these but i thought this would be fun to do let's see what people let's see what people want to know i'm I'm scared (laughs) okay so there's a few different things i've I've put them all together so uh the first one is somebody uh wrote in and asked any kink related red flags Ooh, kink related red flags um Big red flag for me is when someone says that uh, when when people immediately demand that they be called sir or like Ooh. daddy or something immediately after beating you, uh, that's a huge, huge red flag in my opinion. Um, a sub-dom relationship is all about respect. And in fact, in my opinion, the sub is the one who has the most control there and should. Um, so that's a huge red flag. Yeah, I mean, the sub does ultimately yeah. because the sub has the real power to end whatever's happening mm-hmm. right so exactly which the, the dom can too obviously right but the, the, the sub is usually the one who's actually experiencing the majority of whatever's going on exactly so, yeah. um 
Yeah, but so there's that's one red flag. I think the other one for me, this one might be a little lesser known, um, but it's a really big red flag when people say I'm a perv and I'm into anything. Um, <laughs> because that always goes out a really dark path so fast. And I'm just like, you're crazy. Okay, bye. Yeah, the amount of time, I'll put it this way, the amount of times that my husband has been on Grindr and had people proposition him for highly illegal activity is oh. way too high. Okay. That's the opposite of what I thought you were going to say, because I get the, what are you into? Oh, anything. And I'm always rolling my eyes like, really? Okay. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah. Oh, that you know happens I mean? too. It'll and be like, within I, two minutes, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. I just meant like, you know, handcuffs. I just meant some light spanking. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. But just because I'll, I'll test people now on that when yeah. they're like anything. I'm like, okay. Right, so if I were to shit in your mouth, you know, just just go right. like go all the way, go all the way, because I'm like, well, don't say that. Like, it makes you interesting. Like, yes, that's be, I agree. I, <laughs> just yes. be, be honest. honest. Be honest. You're into. I I stopped for a while. I was shy about putting like on my because I don't use the, the socials very often uh, or like the the apps like Grinder because you're a baby boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, just comes straight from my heart. Um. I don't use them often. I typically only use them when I'm going to like conventions and things like that. But for the longest time, I was really shy about putting like my biggest kinks on there because I didn't want to scare people off. Yes. But what ended up happening was is I would just have these really lackluster experiences. Like, yeah, yeah. I want you to shove your fist so far inside of me that I piss myself uncontrollably. Yeah. I want you to take a dirty diaper, put it on my face, and shove a horse you know, toy inside of me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's have fun. <laughs> um, right. And you, you know, and have fun if you're not like honest about what the right. what the limits of that are and if someone is like oh i'm down for anything and you're like great let me get the horse cock <laughs> and they're <laughs> right. like well actually actually no then like what exactly. so i yeah, yeah. i put it all out there i'm like i'm an abdl i'm really into piss the only way you'll get me to come is if you either piss on me in my mouth or some other form mm -hmm. it isn't happening like this is the stuff that i've been to i really like bears like twinks don't bother like you know, like, I, I just put it all out there. And it's led to actually really great, because now it's like when someone does reach out, they know what I'm them into. And then we have, you know, these really great moments. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, in terms of red flags, I think a, a dom is not someone who treats you like shit. That's, that's no. an abuser. And that don't abuser. get that confused. A dom is someone who indulges you in the things that make you feel sexually uh, fulfilled. Right, and gets off on that, like, it, it's power play. And, yes. and the thing with names, like, actually, you said, like, with names, like, to me, it, I, I don't care about certain, it's not the name itself, it's the relationship with the person. So, yes. like, that's something that I'll bring up, because people sort of normally default to sir, and then, you know, I sort yeah. of go, well, you know, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Some people, daddy is like a, a really good one to go for. Some people don't yeah. like that. Some people yep. have other people in their lives that they call daddy. So for some people I'm boss, which yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, we can do that. Or, or just, you know, whatever, like the, the, the names that you choose for each other are something that you both choose. So yeah, yes. totally. As soon yeah. as someone's like, uh, no, call me this. It's like, oh, okay. Mm, yeah. No, not, not about it. Again, unless that is your kink, you want them to right. tell you, but that's something you talk about. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. It's not just, it doesn't happen spontaneously. Um, and then, like, I'm super into humiliation, right? And so, like, I'm very much a stereotype. I'm a type A CEO who, you know, wants to be, have his diaper changed in the middle of the boardroom. Uh -huh. like, those, are my, those are my fantasies. Yep. And so, um, you know, I am okay with the fact that my husband constantly degrades me and, you know, calls yep. me a, a little, you know, piece of shit and stuff like that and uses my diaper as a urinal. But, like, we've talked about it. Yes. You know what I mean? And we also understand where the limits are, you know? Yeah. like, And that those can change. Those can be revoked. And those can be revoked. You know, I, I have had four different instances when someone has called me the N-word while we're fucking. Are you serious? Yes. 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 And don't get me wrong. I'm really into the whole, like, I'm a black guy, like, fucking a small white twink. That is something I get <laughs> off on. It is. I, I enjoy it. I have a... I, let's just say that I was in blessed... With a very stereotypical size for black uh -huh. men, I'll put it that way. And I get off on that. But, like, no. what In what world did you think it was okay to say that? Like, like what? It's wild. I mean, obviously, every single time, it was, like, immediately, like, you need to get the fuck out of my house. Like That is wild. That is... It's crazy. People are wild. People are wild. What? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so the, the next one is a, is a playtime question. So I'm going to hand this okay. over to you. Are you planning to do custom options for clothing? We've talked about it. Um, we've talked about it extensively. I will not 
give a yes or a no. Um, I will say this. Part of the difficulty with custom clothing is, is that it has a pretty high cost. Um, and also there's a lot of technical considerations when it comes to logistics for it. So we are not against it. And we actually are talking about some ways that we might be able to do it. Um, but all I will say is that keep an eye on playtime in February. And I'll leave it there. That was a very non-committal answer. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled out my media training on that one. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay. Somebody asked, what's the best aftercare after a session? For me here or just in general? I guess both. I don't know. Okay. Um, I would say in general, just talking. Um, so just a general rule, especially if you do like a really heavy scene, like something that involves like, you know, spanking or beating or, you know, um, something where there's a lot of pain involved, especially, or something that could be traumatic. Um, talking, petting, hugging, um, kisses, if that's what they need. Also asking the sub what they need. You know, some yes. subs are very much like when they're done with the scene, they're like, don't touch them. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. like do anything. They just need to like be alone for a minute. Others, like for me personally, I'm very much like a nurturing, like hold me, coddle me, you yeah. know, make sure I'm okay. That's how I am. Yeah. Um, but and it also depends on the scene. Um, you know, for me, if it's something that's like an ABDL specific kind of scene, um, it's more coddling. If it's something where it's a hard scene, you know, where I'm getting fisted or something crazy, um, I actually like it to be a like, <laughs> this sounds crazy, but like degrade me after. Like tell me how I'm sitting there. Like, lying in my juices essentially and you know and all this stuff and so yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think physical closeness is important but you're right it depends on what the session has been but i think yeah. starting with a hug is important to let the sub know they're safe yeah. physically yes and yeah then you want to be communicating i you know ask how they're feeling and whatever it is that the sub needs to be, to get completely relaxed so yes. yeah give them whatever they need um and you know whether that's have a cuddle especially or... if you're doing something for the first time if it's something yeah, you yeah, yeah. For the first time it's yeah. even more important yes yeah i think it's also it it's it's kind of like everything it's just communicating what yep. your needs are yep like i i kind of like to do a you know have a cuddle have a chat how are you feeling and then be like okay i'm gonna give you you take your time you know getting back to reality i'm just gonna leave you to rest for a little bit and then yeah. they can kind of recalibrate. But it depends person to person. Some people prefer not to be left alone. So, right. yeah, I guess. Just communicate. Communicate. Okay. Uh <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. What someone is just, No, someone just sent in a question mark. <laughs> just, oh, just a question mark? Just okay. a question mark. Um, RJ, your answer? Um, explanation point. Good, explanation yeah. Point. Yeah, I, I see your question mark and I raise you a slow clap. I think that was a brilliant. I think I think your question is genius, really. It is one question that is every question. Yeah. Every question has this question. Every question has this question. Your question sees me. Uh, you know, it sees through me. You know, it, it it knows that above all, I I just I'm I'm just here to be understood and that and that and that's, and, and that is why I'm here. Great question. Sorry I don't have an answer. Great, great question. This is this one's for me. Okay. Uh, it, it, the question is, when can I get farted on? Um, <laughs> the answer is in the new. Are you? In, are you in? Are you into farting? Is that like one of the things? I'm not not into farting. <laughs> well, if I understand correctly, from what so let's say on the matter, from what I've observed about you, you like the absurdity of of kink, right? Like it's yeah, like it's absurd absurdness. That's like the thing. Yeah, okay. that yeah, makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. So Silliness, goofiness, farts come under that. Yeah. Um, but like everything. You know, there was a little inkling and then the right person and it was yeah, just, yeah, just yeah. noble. Um, okay, the last one is from Little Puppy JC. Um, I'm oh. going to read it out because it's kind of long. Um, okay. But essentially, he wants to know if Santa is real. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, he says, Arfie, dear Barney and Pup Amore, some of my friends don't think Santa is real anymore, but that's not true, right? Who else would eat the cookies we made for him? And how would anyone else know what present I asked for in my letters? Can you tell my friends that Santa is real? Sincerely, Little Puppy JC. <laughs> well, Little Puppy JC. See, what happens is sometimes little boys and girls, they start to be not believe in Santa. And what ends up happening is, is that if you don't believe in him, he no longer comes. Yes. So as long as you continue to believe in Santa... He will yep. come and eat your cookies and drink your milk and deliver you incredible presents. Yep. So just make sure that you are a good pup, that you eat a lot of your bones, 
uh, if you're into it, that you wear super soggy diapers at all times. And he will make sure that you get the daddy treatment that you deserve. (laughs) Good answer. Yes, not only is Santa real, but any puppies who say he isn't aren't going to get any presents. No, they're going to get cold. That's just a Christmas fact. It's true. It's true. It's true. That's... Puppies who don't believe in Santa, they get coal and they get um, they get the 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 hose. They get the spray yeah. or the Krampus. The Krampus. They get hit by yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, my in the village where my mom lives, they uh, the Schmutzlies will come and will come and Schmutzlies. Yeah. What is it with Europe having such like terrifying? I don't know, like... but I love it. It's so <laughs> stupid. Y'all are crazy. Know, but... Yeah, it's all about scaring the children into uh, a submission. I don't know. <laughs> Threatening, Threatening real of, uh, acts of, of violence. violence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, we're, it's about that time. So um, I'm going to test you on your homework. No. I'm having a stroke. I'm going to test you on your homework now. Um, yes. What's your yay for today? My yay for today um, is that... Um, I, uh, I'll put it this way. I work too much. And my yay is that my husband worked his ass off in order to give me a a honeymoon and a break that I did not realize I desperately needed until we got here. So my yay is that I get to spend the next week and a half exploring Europe with the person I love most in the world. Yay! That's an awesome one. (laughs) That's good. I like that. That's good vibes. That's good vibes. See, because sometimes we go places that are, you know, like some of the stuff is hard to talk about. And so I yep. always like just love to end on 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 a yay because I love that. Um, OK, so my yay today is going to be my listeners um, mm-hmm. because, yeah, I mean, OK, well, there's been some insane number. Like, what is it like a 95 percent increase in reach yeah. this month alone, which is crazy. Yes. And you really blew up this month. You really blew up this month. I think you know what I think it is. I think you started really diving into areas of the kink world that get ignored a lot. Um, and I think the thing that makes you so unique from Newsy is that you provide a much more um, nuanced and personal perspective. Newsy, I like to say, like the NPR of playtime. You're like the Anthony <laughs> yeah. Bourdain. Yeah. That's the way I always like to think of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. No, yeah. like you're totally right. Like you go to him for the hot button topic and then this was just kind of my silly little, like I wanted to put myself out there, but also I wanted to talk to people who also, you know, were weirdos. And yeah, it just, it, the, like the people listening are what kept this podcast going for 20 episodes. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to thank every single one of you listening because yeah, you're the thing kind of really making this. And the response I've gotten from people has been truly like overwhelming and humbling. It's it's insane. I see, I periodically check the socials and people like they talk about how like they listen to you or they're on their way to work. Uh, like you're their feel good podcast, like all these things. And... I still can't believe like how far across the globe yeah. people are listening. Like I, I was looking at like all the different countries and I was just like, oh, Oh my goodness, like, I'm really surprised that <laughs> I have made it over. Like, there were listeners in Saudi Arabia, there were listeners in Pakistan, there were listeners in mm-hmm. the Philippines. Like, and it yeah. really goes to show that I think, I think this is part of what makes this podcast so beautiful, is that it shows that kink is universal. Um, it, it's freeing, it's cathartic, and doesn't matter where you're from, you have something you're into. Even yeah. if you're ace, yeah. you know? Yeah. Totally. Kink, oh, yeah. kink doesn't have to be uh, doesn't have to be sexual. So no. Um, yeah, I think I think that's you just have an ability to convey such emotion and such joy and, and pain and all these different things through your voice. And so, um, as a person who's been a quiet observer, it's it's just been a joy seeing you just come into your own with this. So well, yeah, well, thank you. And thank you, wherever in the world you're listening, you're, you're all my <laughs> my yay for the day. Um, but thank you so much for uh, finally <laughs> getting on the pod. Yes, it happened. It happened. It was not easy. I will say, I am a hard man no. to, to track. No, it was not easy. 
and I'm on the clock now to get it <laughs> yes. Um But anyway, where can people uh, find you online? Um, so if you would like to follow me, um, I, due to the insanity and really bad policies, will not be spending much time on Twitter anymore. Um, but if you would like to follow my, my kink account, it is pup underscore Amour, A-M-O-U-R. Um, I'm mostly and probably going to be spending more of my time on um, uh, on. Uh, what's the word I'm looking at? on Instagram for a little bit, and then I might make mm-hmm. TikTok. That's just Papa Moore on there as well. Basically, just search me Papa Moore, and you'll find me somewhere. Awesome. As always, uh, you can find me on Twitter at tstota and on Instagram at the underscore muckle underscore stota. And yeah, we'll see how long until the next thing's a sure thing. I'm just like, I guess I'm hanging out on this hellscape <laughs> of the site, but that's where you can find me. And that wraps season one of the Big Talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Gosh, yeah. Happy holidays, everyone. Be good, be safe, be yourself, and join us next time as we go under the big top. Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.